Two brand new tickets are making their presence felt in D.C. From U Street to downtown, from Adams Morgan to Anacostia. Introducing the District Diamonds and 51st Scratchers from D.C. Lottery. Inspired by the district. Made for the district. With prizes up to $151,000. Grab them today from your local D.C. Lottery retailer. Because here in D.C., this is how we play. Please play responsibly. Today, we have something special for you. An episode of Ochenta Cuentos. It's a sister podcast of Ochenta Stories that brings together a collection of audio tales all across Latin America. There's so many amazing stories on Ochenta Cuentos that we thought, let's share one with our listeners here. And so this week, we take you on an otherworldly experience like no other, as we follow a girl who is led on a journey to the unknown. This short audio drama comes to us from Argentina and is originally produced in Spanish. It has been translated into English, and you can hear that version later on in the episode. And now, without further ado, from Ochenta Cuentos, Vuelo a Pluton, or Flight to Pluto, by Andrea Garcia. La última noche que pasé en mi habitación, me acosté boca arriba, miré el techo por unos segundos hasta que recordé el libro de tapa negra que había encontrado ocho días después de la mudanza. Estaba ahí sobre mi escritorio cuando lo abrí de par en par. La ventana de la habitación había dejado entrar una brisa gélida y tensa que me enfrió hasta los huesos y que golpeó incansablemente sus hojas, planetas, ojos... Hombres de Vitruvio en miniatura, círculos negros, fórmulas y una moneda griega antigua, un óvulo con la que jugaron mis manos hasta quedarme dormida. Pero me volví a despertar. Mi pecho es un botán fuerte que me dolía. Los vi ahí, enfrente de mí. Algo se iba desprendiendo de mi cuerpo. Una sombra gris, una figura hecha gas. Todo aire, sonido y aroma desaparecieron. En su lugar apareció el pánico y la zozobra al verme flotar sobre mí. ¿Qué es esto? ¿Qué pasaba? ¿Qué era ahora? No solo podía flotar, podía estirarme y alargarme como quisiera, porque no era carne. La carne... Ese cuerpo físico mío seguía plácidamente acostado en el medio de la noche, en el medio de mi cama, en esa habitación, mientras yo, en mi nueva condición sutil y etérea, atravesaba sus paredes. Ese fue mi primer viaje, y así se repetiría noche tras noche en aquella habitación, aunque cada mañana al despertar no tendría más que recuerdos vagos que interpretaba como sueños. Permítanme presentarme como Nox, nombre que elegí y que me representa en este espacio desde el que ahora les hablo. Atrás quedó aquel nombre que me eligieron mis progenitores porque nunca más volví a ser aquella niña de nueve años. 
Así comienza esta historia. Ocurrió en el 2001. Mis padres, cansados del ajetreo de la ciudad, decidieron mudarse a las afueras. Una noche metieron nuestra vida en el maletero del auto y siguiendo las hileras del tráfico, salimos a la autopista y nos vimos libres de la ciudad. Atrás quedó el bullicio y adelante la naturaleza entera. A los costados y frente a nosotros se extendía un campo enorme, lleno de árboles, y una noche que se hacía más y más oscura. La carretera serpenteaba trazando curvas que aguardaban sorpresas. Y así nos sumergimos al bosque que nos llevó a nuestro nuevo hogar. casa se alzaba en soledad sobre las montañas, acumulando la misma oscuridad de aquella noche en su interior. Así llevaba 40 años al menos, pero mis padres le encontraron toda una novedad. Sus paredes permanecían anchas y erguidas, sus suelos firmes, lustrados y sus puertas listas para ser abiertas. Desde que entramos en ella me acompañó un sentimiento para el que no encontraba un nombre adecuado. Una sensación extraña se había apoderado de mí. ¿Habría estado acá antes? Si era el caso, ¿era capaz de reconocerla en esta mudanza nocturna? La casa entera era hermosa, sin duda. Era vieja, pero singularmente hermosa. Sin palabras, me sentí en mi lugar. Visité cada una de las habitaciones y elegí la octava, la más tétrica y espaciosa. Creo que todo comenzó unas semanas después de haber encontrado el libro en una olvidada biblioteca que conservaba la casa. Su tapa de color negro ébano y su título C-A-R-O-N-T-E Caronte estaba tallado en un relieve color gris. Llamaron mi atención, tanto que lo traje conmigo a mi habitación. Desde entonces, todas las mañanas aparecía sobre mi cama. En una de sus páginas, el número cero se repetía como un patrón esparcido en varias hojas. Intrigada, quería saber a dónde terminaría y qué significaba. Descubrí entonces una imagen que no comprendí en absoluto. Un túnel vertical dibujado sobre un fondo milimetrado. A un costado una fórmula, una pequeña figura humana y la palabra Nox, escrita en lápiz. Detallé las páginas, una por una. Repasé la imagen y terminé por rendirme hasta que llegué a la guarda de la tapa del libro. Tenía pegado un pequeño sobre redondo. Lo despegué y lo abrí. Era el óvulo. No entendía que hacía una moneda ahí. Y me dormí. Pensando en eso. Esa noche la habitación había cobrado vida. Se movía como un animal. Respiraba, crujía. Nunca antes había sentido tal sensación. Me levanté de mi cama sorprendida. Quería encender las luces y ver qué pasaba. Cuando lo 
intenté me di cuenta que era mi yo, en mi condición desprendida y transparente, y que mi cuerpo de carne y hueso estaba en la cama. Intenté regresar a mi cuerpo, y cuando estuve a punto de lograrlo, desde una de las paredes salió un ente, un otro, grisáceo, etéreo, como yo. Es un otro. Me tomó por uno de mis extremos tan bruscamente que comencé a agitarme. Sus manos alargaban hacia mí como una sonrisa clavada de oreja a oreja. De alguna forma, entendí que me invitaba a ir con él o, o con ella. No podía determinarle. Mientras continuaba intentando llevarme de todas las maneras posibles. Yo tenía la moneda en la mano y la apretaba con todas mis fuerzas. Hasta ese día, pensé que estaba sola, volando en aquel espacio, creado sin conciencia. Desconozco cuánto duró el forcejeo hasta que logró llevarme detrás de la pared, donde todo, absolutamente todo, era oscuro, delineado con rayas milimétricas en verde. Había fuego. Flotamos por dentro y encima de él. Cruzamos piedras enormes que flotaban como nosotros. Luego vi árboles enormes. Sus hojas eran sonrisas que colgaban de los tallos. Había sonrisas sin dientes, Sonrisas abiertas y cerradas, sonrisas cínicas que gritaban mientras flotaba encima de ellas. Luego un toro me dio la bienvenida y un perro me lanzó patas arriba a Saturno, cuyos anillos se convirtieron en una pasarela infinita con la que pasé por Urano, luego por Neptuno y luego, tras un silencio insoportable en el que un otro apretó su mano contra la mía, me susurró. Bienvenida, Plutón. Bajé la mirada y vi un río de aguas sucias, señalizado con un letrero en el que se leía Estigia, por el que flotaban cuerpos incompletos, brazos, cabezas, troncos, dedos, que caían en una gran caverna en forma de boca. Una boca que rugía. Miré con estupor y vi la figura de un hombre alto que conducía un barco que pisaba los pedazos de cuerpos. Hizo un gesto con uno de sus dedos señalándome. Intenté soltarme de un otro, a quien finalmente pude determinar. Un otro era yo misma. Había venido desde Plutón para restablecer el equilibrio del caos que se alimentaba de aquellos cuerpos, hombres y mujeres, viajantes que se habían atrevido a cruzar el pasadizo del túnel sin preparación. Comprendí que debía entregar el óvulo para pagar el viaje y que Caronte, el nombre de aquel libro, no era más que este hombre del barco que ahora me reclamaba. Mi nombre es Knox. Tengo la edad del universo. Pero aquello ocurrió exactamente en este espacio, en 2001, cuando la autoscopia era el sello de aquel nuevo hogar por el cual, ahora, Preparo viajantes que quieren un vuelo a Plutón, con ida, sí, pero también con regreso para que ni uno solo se quede sin volver. Vuelo a Plutón, o flight to Pluto, 
by Andrea Garcia in English. The last night I spent in my room, I lay on my back, staring at the ceiling for a few seconds until I remembered the black-covered book I'd found eight days after I moved in. It was right there on my desk. The bedroom window had let in an icy breeze that chilled me to the bone and tirelessly beat its pages. Planets, eyes, miniature Vitruvian men, black circles, formulas, and an ancient Greek coin that I twiddled with until I fell asleep. But then I woke up again. My chest was buzzing so loudly that it hurt. I saw it right in front of me. Something was falling away from my body, a gray shadow, a gaseous figure. All of the air, sound and smell disappeared. And in their place came panic and anguish at the sight of myself floating above. What was this? What was happening? What was it now? Not only could I float, I could stretch and lengthen as I pleased because I was not flesh any longer. My physical body was still lying placidly in the middle of the night, in the middle of my bed, in that room, while I, in my new condition, subtle and ethereal, passed through its walls. That was my first trip, and it would be repeated night after night in that room. Every morning, when I woke up though, I would only have vague memories that I interpreted as dreams. Allow me to introduce myself as Knox, the name I have chosen to represent me in this space from which I now speak to you. Gone is the name my parents gave me because I never went back to being that nine-year-old girl. This is the beginning of this story. It happened in 2001. My parents, tired of the noisy city, decided to move to the suburbs. One night, they threw all our life up in the trunk of the car, we got out on the highway, and found ourselves free from all the hustle. Ahead, nature, fully, wholly. Huge fields full of trees stretched out beside us on the road. The night grew darker and darker. The road serpentined with curves that hit surprises. A bull watching me over a fence, a dog that kept barking. And so, we plunged into the forest that led us to our new home. The house stood alone against the mountains, accumulating the same darkness of that night inside. It had been that way for at least 40 years, but my parents found in it a unique novelty. Its walls remained wide and upright, 
its floors firm, polished, and its doors, well, ready to be opened. From the moment we went in, I was accompanied by a feeling for which I could not find an adequate name. A strange sensation had taken hold of me. Had I been there before? The whole house was beautiful, no doubt. It was old, but uniquely beautiful. Speechless, I felt in my place. I visited each of the rooms and chose the eighth, the gloomiest and most spacious one. I think it all started a few weeks after I found the book in a forgotten library kept by the house. Its ebony black cover and its title from the ancient Greek carved as a grey embossing caught my attention. C-H-A-R-O-N, Sharon, it said. I brought the book with me to my room without anyone noticing. Since then, every morning it just appeared on my bed. On one of its pages, the number zero was repeated as a pattern spread over several pages. Intrigued, I wanted to know where it would end and what it meant. Then I discovered an image that I didn't understand at all. A vertical tunnel, drawn on a millimeter background. On one side, a formula, a small human figure, and the word Knox, written in pencil. I detailed the pages one by one, went over the image and ended up giving up, until I reached its end paper. A small round envelope was glued to it. I peeled it off and opened it. It was the coin. I didn't understand what such a thing was doing there, and I fell asleep thinking about it. That night, the room had come alive. It moved like an animal. It breathed, it creaked. I had never felt such a sensation before. I got up from my bed, startled. I wanted to turn on the lights and see what was happening. When I tried, I realized that it was myself in my detached and transparent condition and that my flesh and blood body was on the bed. I tried to return to my body but when I was about to do it, another entity, grayish and ethereal like me, emerged from the wall. This being grabbed me by one end so roughly that I began to shake. Its hand was reaching out toward me with a grin pinned from ear to ear. Somehow I understood that it was inviting me to go with him, with her, I couldn't tell. As they continued to try to take me away, I held the coin in my hand and squeezed it with all my power. Until that day, I thought I was alone flying in that space created without consciousness. I don't know how long the struggle lasted, 
but the other managed to get me behind the wall, where everything, absolutely everything, was dark and outlined with millimetric stripes in green. We floated inside and above the fire. We crossed huge stones that floated like us. Then I saw huge trees and their leaves were smiles hanging from the stems. There were toothless smiles, open and closed smiles, cynical mouths that screamed as I floated above them. Then a bull welcomed me and a dog threw me upside down onto Saturn, whose rings became an infinite catwalk with which I passed through Uranus, then Neptune, and then, after an unbearable silence, in with its hand pressed against mine, the other whispered, Welcome to Pluto. I looked down and saw a river of dirty water, marked with a sign that read sticks. Incomplete bodies, arms, heads, trunks, fingers falling floated through it into a large mouth-shaped cavern, a mouth that roared. I looked in astonishment and saw the figure of a tall man driving a boat, stepping over the dismembered bodies. He made a gesture with his fingers pointing at me. I tried to let go of my companion, whom I was finally able to determine was myself. I had come from Pluto to restore the balance of the chaos that fed on those bodies, traveling men and women who had dared to cross the tunnel passage unprepared. I understood that I had to deliver the coin to pay for the trip and that Sharon, the name of that book, was none other than this man on the ship who now reclaimed his payment. My name is Knox. I am as old as the universe. But all that I have told happened exactly in this space, in 2001, when reality bended and this became my home. Today I prepare travelers who want to fly to Pluto, carrying my coin so they can return home in time too. Thank you for listening to this Ochenta Cuentos episode. The story was written and performed by Andrea Garcia. The English version of the story was voiced by Mila Rodriguez-Gato, and the music and sound design of the piece was made by Jeremias Juarez. Ochenta Cuentos is hosted and produced by Maru Lombardo and Jeremias Juarez. To hear more exciting stories like this one, check out Ochenta Cuentos. It's a show presented in an imaginary sound theater where every listener can experience company in a unique way. From tales about a woman who travels back to a town she had left behind, a man that bikes across the country to see a friend, and a story about finding a connection halfway across the world through a book. You can hear more over at ochentastudio.com slash ochenta hyphen cuentos. Next week, we'll be back with another Ochenta Stories episode. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts in whatever language you choose. Follow us over at Ochenta Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram for updates. You can find transcripts and learn more about the project 
over at ochentastudio.com slash ochentastories. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word ABOVE to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text ABOVE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word ABOVE to 323232. Text ABOVE to 323232. 